0: Is this the bottom of the market for Calgary? Find out on today's episode.
1: Welcome to the True True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur. The place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto.
0: Hi there, welcome back to the show. As always, Andrew LaFleur here, your host from True Condos. If you ever want to reach me, you can call me at 416 371 or you can email me andrew at truecondos.com thanks for tuning in and if you haven't listened to the last episode of the podcast make sure you stop this pause and go back and listen to that for more context into exactly why we're talking about calgary so if you haven't uh i did an episode about why i'm personally investing in calgary at minto's project called era condos and uh very excited about this one. A lot of my clients are super excited as well about this opportunity and the opportunity in general that uh, Calgary represents. So, wanted to bring on an expert from uh, an expert on the Calgary market to help educate us, real estate investors here in Toronto, on exactly what's happening in Calgary. What does the market look like? And specifically, want to look at the question of: Is this the bottom of the market? The market in calgary you know is a quick snapshot has been doing poorly very badly you could say over the last uh about four to five years the the uh the real estate market and the economy in general in calgary has been struggling so uh you probably are aware of that in some sense it's probably not news to you so as always there's two ways to look at that when you're looking at a, a market that is struggling it's either you take that and you say well why would why would I buy there that's a bad market to buy in because it's struggling or you look at it the opposite side of the coin and you say this is an opportunity now is actually the time to buy in a market like this because it is a buyer's market so obviously that's the perspective that I've taken and that many of my clients are taking with this opportunity to buy in Calgary with era condos so i sat down with as i said the expert um matthew buchal matthew is with altus group who uh, is a company that does the uh, stats and tracks the housing markets and and economy and other indicators across canada Um, and his official title is vice president product management and data solutions he's been with altus group for a number of years he's a frequent speaker at events And regularly, you'll see his name in the media about, uh, in particular, Vancouver, Calgary, Western markets. He lives in Calgary. He's born in Calgary. He's also, interestingly enough, this is why I was really excited to talk to him. He's an investor himself in Calgary. He's also investing uh, in properties in Calgary. So it's great to have somebody who not only knows the stats inside and out, knows the market inside and out from an, an expert perspective, but also is, uh, is an investor, um, or a landlord like we are uh, as well. So it's, it's really exciting and cool. Looking forward to bringing this to you. So without further delay, um, and again, if you, well, I guess here's one more delay. If you want to get the information on Era Condos, make sure you reach out to me, text me, call me, 416-371-2333, or send me an email, andrew at truecondos.com. Uh, Or check the show notes for this podcast, truecondos.com slash podcast to get the link for truecondos.com where you can pick up the info, the floor plans, prices, and more for this opportunity. It's limited. It's not going to last long. Demand is very high, so make sure you reach out to me ASAP. It is a fantastic deal. Okay, so here's my interview with Matthew Bukal of Altus Group. Enjoy. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on, Matthew, and, and uh, excited to get to know you a little bit better and hear your thoughts on the Calgary market specifically. Um, why don't we get started? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in real estate?
1: Sure. So I'm uh, you know, with Altus Group. Um, in my current role, I'm managing our products, all of our platforms. Um, most people in Toronto are familiar with RealNet, but we also have another uh, number of other data platforms across the country. Uh, I'm actually uh, scarily going into my ninth year here at Altus Group, um, but my my background and where I started was actually more on the advisory and analytics um, and in Calgary, where uh, f- more than 15 years ago, again, scary number, um, started tracking condominium activity in Calgary, where 15 years ago, you know, a condo was a new new concept. There was... You know, thinking back, there was two or three high-rise condominiums in the downtown and Beltline area in Calgary, um, and the vast majority was your more typical kind of wood-frame apartments in the suburban areas. Um, and it's you know it's changed a lot over the last fifteen years. But it's been interesting to see how the market has adjusted um, to changing consumer preferences, but also more sophisticated developers coming into the market and doing things a little bit differently.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah. So what uh where do you see the market right now sort of we'll get into more specifics but like in a in a sort of snapshot where where do you see calgary what how do you summarize calgary to somebody who's not from calgary
1: um it's calgary is still trying to find its feet um after the, the oil price uh adjustment in 2015 um and it's it it's still looking for areas to grow and become a big city i, I still You know, as someone who was actually born in Calgary, um, Calgary still is, uh, to a degree, a small town where you you know the the commutes are relatively easy. There's a lot of services. Um, It's a very friendly community. A a lot of young people are in Calgary, but it it has a very very dense urban core where you know historically it's been all office uh, offices for oil and gas. Um, It's trying to diversify and What's happened basically since uh, the the oil price adjustment in 2015 is that the market um, I think is going through a bit of of truthing, where it's trying to figure out what what Calgary wants to be when it's grow up, grows up. It, it does want to diversify. It wants uh, you know the market and the city is trying to grow into new industries and expand its employment base, um, and it, it's learning that oil and gas isn't the only industry in the market. So there's the, the way it's finding its feet is, is trying to adjust. It means that there's pockets of activity that are, are kind of interesting. And, and I think for, from an outsider's perspective, are actually really normal in a lot of other markets across the country. It's it's kind of Calgary that's been abnormally um, excelling uh, in the downtown core, just given all the oil, oil and gas money that was building new office towers and strong job growth and strong incomes. That was kind of fueling some activity that, that now that's, that's kind of exited the market, we're seeing other sectors come in and take up some of the slack.
0: Interesting. So I mean it's like from my perspective an un- uneducated sort of perspective on Calgary seems to me the market is sort of a, a long history of sort of a boom and bust cycles like from a real estate perspective of, of big highs and big lows and it, it seems to me it you know a lot of it is tracking along with oil prices and the oil and gas industry. Um, is that accurate to say that, to describe it like that, and and are you basically saying now is sort of a turning point for Calgary where it's it's uh, the city is going through a fundamental change moving forward?
1: yeah I, so so the boom bust cycle it's a bit uh, there is truth in it in that calgary um, when it when it grows, it grows fast uh, and furious, and when it when it falls, it has tended to fall equally fast and furious. But there's it's a bit more of a fiction. I mean, if if you look back historically, um, Calgary's been through kind of three massive growth periods in the last 30 years, 40 years. Um, so the 80s, uh, when the you know oil and gas was the only industry in, in Calgary uh, um, that drove a lot of the initial uh, growth, initial development. And if you look in Calgary downtown, you can pretty much find all the 1980s, late 70s era. Um, both apartment buildings, um, back then rental apartment buildings, but also office buildings. Um, and then Calgary went through a period of, of kind of lull. And the first big boom was actually back in 2004, 2005, when again, oil prices skyrocketed. Um, and we saw uh, in the period, uh, in over, over that period, and those economic growth periods created a lot of what you see when you go to Calgary. So apartment buildings, um, Infrastructure and uh, office buildings were all kind of built in those. Um, But in terms of transformation of what what I think is is starting to happen in Calgary, and it's happening probably slower than a lot of Calgarians would like. But the you know the economy is shifting away from oil and gas. Um, There is more diversification coming in. Um, It's just happening a little bit more slowly. And and that's that transformation doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's the, the confusion. Um, People are looking for a sharp recovery uh, while the market and the industry is transforming and that uh, it's just going to take a little bit longer.
0: Interesting. So the market, I mean, to summarize the market so far, we've talked, I mean, the market is has in Calgary has been down. It's been pretty bad for the last several years. The the city's gone through a transition. Things are changing. Um, You know, it's a buyer's market to put it in very simple terms right now. But what I found interesting Matthew is you said you, you're investing in Calgary as well personally you're you're an investor. So I'd love to hear your pers- from that perspective personally as an investor but also obviously as an analyst in the business who knows the numbers inside and out. Why are you investing in Calgary? Like what are what are you what sort of uh, are the key indicators that you're tracking that make you feel positive or feel bullish uh, on Calgary from an investment perspective moving forward?
1: Uh, a couple. I mean, n- number one uh, is the employment or unemployment rate, um, depending which way you want to look at it, uh, just to to get a bearing on where where the market's at. Um, population growth is probably the most important metric in Calgary to track, because one of the one of the advantages in Calgary, and I kind of described that that we've been through boom and bust cycles, um, is in the inner city. There's not much uh, brand new housing that's been built, it's, it's, it is coming to market, but a lot of the, the existing stock is quite old, um, especially in the, the apartment rental market where the vast majority is built before 1980. Um, and as an investor, the, the opportunity is that I can go purchase a brand new condo, um, have low maintenance, um, and condo fees are fairly reasonable uh, for most of the buildings in, in Calgary. Taxes are relatively low. And where it kind of nets out is actually it generate positive cash flow or break even uh, quite easily. So the the advantage of finding in Calgary to invest is that the the cost to enter the market is low given the affordability. Um, you know we're dealing with five to six hundred dollars a foot for concrete um, high rise or mid rise condos. If you if you look in some of the more affordable product uh, in the wood frame, you're down in the inner cities and in kind of the four to five hundred dollar foot mark and um out in the suburbs you're as low as uh you know 275 to $300 a foot so the the, the cost to enter as an investor is quite low but we've you know i found personally is that there there are a lot of rental tenants out there and one of the advantages in calgary is that during a downturn um people still need housing they just choose to buy um, to not buy so while it might be a buyers market in terms of the, the opportunities to invest um a lot of a lot of consumers are looking to rent because it gives them some flexibility and the uncertainty is what they're they're looking to solve for, which rental. Rental is a flexible housing option. You're, you're not fixed in a location, you're not fixed to a mortgage. Um and if you want to, you know, go work in a different part of the city, you can just pack up and move uh to a rental unit down in that part of the city.
0: Yeah. And one of the things go- going back to um the two indicators you mentioned, population growth. So the city is growing that was that was something that i discovered early on just in researching the market even though the economy has been struggling over the past few years the population is still growing and you know just like in toronto one of the main things that we always talk about on this podcast that's driving the growth in toronto is the fact that we're the fastest growing city in north america calgary is also a growing city despite its economic troubles more people are coming there i think part of the reason probably you would agree is like you said it's it's a very affordable place to be um, and the other thing you mentioned was employment growth, and and you said uh, earlier before we were talking, interesting stat. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You said there's actually more people employed in Calgary now than at the peak of the of the last cycle uh, from 2014 or so. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah, they're looking at some of the stats, uh, the data available from Stats Canada, um, but even just logically. Uh, the city has been growing, um, you know, we saw this past year about 10,000 uh, migrants move to Calgary. Um, if if anyone is looking uh, for, in, you know, as some of the stats in Calgary, one of the advantages we have is that the city actually does a census every year. So it, it comes out kind of in the summer, but you can actually get updated stats um, drilled down to the neighborhood level in terms of who's buying, um, household formation, housing stock, everything which is a great resource. Wow, that's great, um, yeah. So we don't have to wait for every five years with census data, but you know, 10,000 people moving here a year, we're seeing job growth. Um, it, it hasn't been in the more traditional areas, and that's where I think people are are a bit confused. We still have high office vacancy downtown, um, and the job growth hasn't been in those more traditional Calgary opportunities, which are kind of six-figure incomes, uh, downtown engineer, uh, or de- you know, de- developer, designer. Um, where we've seen the job growth has actually been outside um, in industrial industrial areas and some of the areas that, that aren't as obvious to everyone uh, when you first go downtown. So it, there is more full-time employment. As an investor, you know, the fact that the nature of employment has changed, so we're not just uh, having high-income white-collar jobs, um, means that there's actually probably a bigger pool of people who are looking to rent because they don't have the incomes to support ownership. Uh, Um, which uh, again, it means that, you know, personally, we, we haven't had a challenge finding tenants for our spaces because there's a lot of people just looking for, for rental uh, opportunities and the the areas you're looking for are in kind of those up and coming new trendy neighborhoods where people want to live, uh, with all the services, restaurants, everything else you have.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, everybody you know wants to know when you're looking at a market like Calgary, that's been a down market, that is a buyer's market. Um, everybody is asking the million dollar question, as, especially as investors, is this the bottom, right? And, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to markets, you, you never know when, when the bottom is until the bottom has already passed. But um, from your perspective, like what are, what are some signs that Indicating that this, that you know, now or now might be the bottom of the market. Like, what are the uh, indicators that are looking, you know, to you from your perspective that would support that thesis?
1: Um, you know, like, like you mentioned, finding bottom is one of those things that in hindsight is you know, clearly visible, but when you're looking forward, it's difficult to find. Um, some of the signals I'm looking for, uh, you know, positive migration and a stabilized unemployment rate um, are two positive signs that uh, consumers uh, have employment and they have income to support, uh, you know, to support purchasing. Um, the other key thing to to watch, and this is probably going to sound foreign to a lot of people in, in Toronto, but from a pricing perspective, um, we do have an, an, a very rigid bottom in the market in that if, if pricing gets to a point where it's no longer economic to build, developers will just simply stop building um, housing, which means as the market grows, we'll have a constrained inventory to pick from. And that is what's going to drive some higher growth uh, in pricing. And right now where we're at, um, you know, where we've seen some projects launch in the $500 a foot mark for concrete um, and, you know, taking out the land, taking out some of the adjustments in costs, that's getting pretty much as low as, you know, a developer I think would consider going. Um, If pricing was to fall further, they would just simply stop building. So for me, what I'm watching is a positive market reaction to some of these more affordable options coming in in the inner city. Um, In the suburban market, we actually saw a bit of recovery in pricing last year uh, where we saw some new projects launch, um, introduced pricing at at or slightly above some of the other market comparables and have reasonably strong um, sales. So I'm kind of looking in the suburbs that I think we have hit bottom in the inner city. What I'm looking for is a more of interest from both investors and oc- uh, owner occupiers into some of the more affordable options. The the, the one is there are still some projects um, that had inventory that was completed up last year that they're still working through. Um, and the reason I'm less concerned about that is, you know, some of those units, the market may have already forgot about them. Um, they're not spending thousands of dollars in advertising anymore. So they're just kind of existing in the back of the market. And I don't think they're really weighing too much on other on market pricing or on market concerns.
0: Right. Are you, another indicator would be, you know, when, the, when they're, you, you see desperate sellers sort of disappear, like are you seeing uh, that sort of behavior from, like you say, you got builders sitting on standing inventory, they're not, uh, you know, the fire sales, the re, you know, the selling below cost, you're not seeing that?
1: No, and we never, like we did really briefly um, about two and a half years ago. But I mean, one thing to keep in mind, is this is year four of a downturn in the, in the energy sector. So, a lot of the motivated sellers have probably already exited the market. Right. Um, we haven't, we didn't see tons of foreclosure activity happening um, anywhere in the market. And again, that's kind of worked its way through. Uh, the the positive side as an investor, you know, if, if you want to look just logically at the market, is we're not seeing developers withstanding inventory, fire sell their inventory because they can actually rent them out and right. they can rent them out and carry them. Right. And to me, that's kind of a like it's almost a, a backward signal that investors should be buying those units and renting them out because if a developer can do it, um, so can an investor.
0: Matt, yeah, great point. Great point. Yeah. It just, yeah, it shows that the psychology and the, the, you know, if you're waiting, if you're looking for the bottom, if you think it's still going down, well, that would have to be supported by, you know, desperate sort of activities on the part of sellers but if you're not seeing that and like you said quite the contrary they're just saying well I can't sell it but I'll just hold it and rent it because the rental market is good and and I can get a decent ROI by doing that and like you said there's you know the the supply the incoming supply uh, a lot of those players have exited the market already in year four so you're not seeing a lot of new supply being added so at some point like you said the the turnaround happens and, and you go from too much supply and all of a sudden one day you wake up and you don't have enough supply and, and you realize, Oh, I guess we're past the bottom and now we're, we're going yeah. the other way. Uh, so it's sort of much. there's indicators just starting to feel like that. We will not know until it's already passed, but there's certainly a lot of signs pointing that it, it may be that, that point right now.
1: There are, and you know, the, I guess the other metric I should, I should mention is just rental rates. Um, we are starting to see rental rates increase um, modestly, but we're we're seeing the incentives that have been offered to some of the new purpose-built r- buildings come off, and we're seeing um, consumers willing to pay a little bit more um, than they would, you know, a year or two ago. So we are starting to see some rental growth, and that 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 to me is a positive sign that the market is starting to adjust. But we're we're not seeing it on, on the new home market yet. We're not seeing it in the resale market. Uh, because I think those consumers still have some signals that, you know, there, there's some concern in the market.
0: Right. The psychology is certainly still there and that plays a role. And just, uh, uh, the, the, there's not, there's no sense of urgency yet. You could say from the buyer perspective.
1: No, but all, all it takes, like you say, is a little bit of a, um, a little bit tightening of a yes. lot of projects to simply start a construction. Um, the market came back really quick, where we were you would see rents increase $100, um, or you know, as a landlord, we would have, I remember, one of our units, uh, someone is up bidding us just to get the, the unit uh, secured.
0: Nice, nice. Um, Matthew, just as we're uh, getting to the tail end of the conversation here, um, maybe you could tell people, just as a local Calgarian, uh, the, the perspective on Minto's project, Uh, Specifically, era condos, and what do we need to know about the location specifically? Like, what uh, from a local perspective, the Bridgeland neighborhood, what's it like? What's this location like? It's
1: uh, it's one of those inner city gems, which is a term probably everyone uses, but it is walkable to the downtown. It's right along the river. Um, It has transit connections with the LRT. throughout the market but it's, it's one of those areas that was for years it was forgotten um you know one of the defining features of bridgeland is actually it's a city uh development called the bridges um but that was one of the first hospitals. actually it was the first hospital the general hospital was in that area um and if you want to go way back to ralph klein which i'm sure a lot of your your, your listeners are familiar with the name um back in the in the cut the, the budget days uh, in the 90s, they actually closed the hospital and blew it up. And what that created was a large redevelopment opportunity where they, um, the city has been rezoning and selling land off to developers to build. And that's created some interesting uh, new developments and kind of pocket developments. Um, but it wasn't on this Edmonton Trail corridor that uh, the ERA project is. And Edmonton Trail. Um, as namesake kind of makes sense, it connects, east to be the road that connected up to Edmonton. Um, it has a lot of existing uh, old retail and has been seeing, uh, more recently, a bit of a, a redevelopment. So there's small restaurants, um, a lot of uh, in, independent restaurants, and little retail shops have opened up. There's been a new office development that's added um, some uh, employment. Um, the city's been investing a lot in the infrastructure in the area. So it's it's become it's kind of an up and coming new urban uh, little hub with with really good access into the downtown, um, good access to roads. Memorial Drive is the main east-west road that got, that cuts right through the site, um, and it's an area that we've seen um, a lot of new young um, young people moving into. So there, you know, in Calgary context, we don't. We're not as big as Toronto, obviously, um, but our, our inner city areas tend to be um, neighborhoods that have some unique little factor in Kensington, you know, comes to mind, Mission um, uh, 33rd and uh, Marta Loop is areas. And I, I think Edmonton Trail and Bridgeline is kind of the next up and coming uh, inner city community where you're going to see, uh, see a lot more vibrancy and a lot more street activity than you would have uh, 10 years ago.
0: And... Is there any other, is there, what's the inventory situation like there? Uh, it, it seems to me that this project era is really the only new product that's being added to this, you know, up and coming neighborhood. Is that
1: right? Yeah, there, there's not much. Um, there were a couple of condos uh, developed um, over the last kind of three years, um, more wood frame, just a little bit further up the hill in Edmonton trail. Um, and then there's a project, um, uh, that's being developed in the bridges uh, it's complete now um, but there's still some remaining inventory but uh, air is really the only, only pre-sale condo in the region right now that you can you can get in kind of the ground floor
0: yeah yeah so, I mean, it's good news obviously and like you said uh, at some point in time this tide turns and and this is you know if you're buying pre-construction now it's not going to be built for four years and this is the only new project in the area that's a desirable area you know, whenever that market does turns, you're well positioned as an investor, uh, being sitting on top of the only new supply in in a desirable area when when uh there's nothing else coming in that's new. Yes. Cool. Okay, thanks you thanks Matthew so much. Anything else that I didn't ask you that uh you wish I did about Calgary or about the market or about uh, well, uh...
1: The one thing I, I mean I'd like to share about Calgary is yeah. just as an for anyone outsider looking in, Calgary is actually a really easy place to own um, and, and invest in real estate. Tell uh, me more. <laughs> um, there's no HST, you know. There's GST and you get GST rebates. There are no development charges that are passed on. Um, uh, the you know a lot of builders will offer lower down payments to start. Um, so you, you can get in with five percent or ten percent. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's bonding programs available. Um, And I think the the biggest opportunity is there's no rent control. Hmm. So when, when the market does move now, it can go against you when the market goes down, but um, we've seen, you know, consistent rent growth over the period. And you're basically free to do whatever you want with your unit. So if you want to increase the rent, you can increase the rent. If, um, if you want to put your mark, furnish your suite and put into the furnished market and take it out, you have a lot more flexibility than I think you do in any other market in the country and that's what just makes you know it makes investing
0: relatively easy that's great good to know yeah great market to be in as as a landlord as an investor and as you said just some some of the numbers the closing costs compared to toronto uh, it's night and day there's no land transfer taxes there's no development charges um it's uh quite shocking for us uh <laughs> here in toronto who are who are used to uh ever increasing uh, closing costs, you know, right now you're probably looking at around $30,000 uh, just for closing costs on a typical Toronto condo versus that same 30,000 you could actually that's could be your down payment for, you know, one or two condos in Calgary.
1: Yeah. It I, I look at the opposite way.
0: I'm always shocked that you, that you let the government push you around as much as you do in Ontario. <laughs> Good point. What's wrong with us? Yeah, we need to uh, we need to get on that absolutely. Um, Matthew, thank you so much for uh, your time today. If people want to learn more about you or Altis Group. What's the wh- where do you want to direct people? What's the best place to go or how um, they reach out to you or find you? So e- easiest way of you know LinkedIn,
1: um, Matthew Buchol. I'm the only one, so it's pretty easy to find me. Or our you know our group has a website um, within Altis Group. So it's datasolutions.altisgroup.com. My profile is up there. I think there's even my email. Um, you can learn a little bit more about some of the data products we have across country, what we're working on. Um, and you know, secondly, I'm, I'm in the media fairly often, a little bit more in the West. But um, you know, you can probably find my name in a
0: recent Globe, a uh, Globe mail article or Bloomberg or anywhere else. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Matthew. And hopefully I'll have yeah. you again on the show soon. Hey, thanks for having me.